Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, by the one, the only, Michael Daniels. Hey! How's it going, Mike? It's awesome. It's uh, been a beautiful uh, autumn weekend here in wonderful southern Indiana. I I did something today that I don't normally do. Um, Mom and Dad and I went for a walk on some trails oh, in some awesome. woods. Yeah, on some yeah. some woods <laughs> some woods there's a there's a piece of land there are a couple of these around us as i hope and assume most people have access to some kind of green space um, but of course i'm out in the country so you know there are woods across the street but there's no uh trails or anything um it's a property that i guess used to be a sort of hunting um um sort of looking for like a hunting club okay like a bunch you know some guys years ago went in together and bought and it became their sort of private preserve where they could hunt deer and and turkeys and and stuff like that and over the years you know as they probably got older passed away whatever they um donated it to this sort of trust where it's uh you know i i don't i'm not sure who owns it now but it's sort of maintained by the dnr and uh that kind of stuff and so they have trails um all like gravel sort of not gravel but you know what i mean sort of trails cut through it and um there's a lodge there and some picnic tables and all that good stuff so it was a nice nice facility and because the weather was so nice we're like yeah let's go uh let's go for a walk yeah the it's been it's that time it's that two week sweet spot in Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. here the goldilocks week It, it really is there's a there's just a perfect week that you can come here and i know that i always remember that it being um the first couple weeks of actually it's the first couple weeks or or last half of October because the we have this thing in Indiana called the Covered Bridge Festival, which is mid Indiana, I guess, uh areas of covered bridges and they have and they always it's a two week yeah, over by over by the Illinois border. Yeah. We talk about this. Before. Yeah, it's so it's a it's a two week thing where you just try to they always try to fit it where the leaves are falling. And for the last several years, it's the leaves have been beautiful either right before or right after. I don't; they're probably not having it this year. But um. yeah, we we drove. Um, I went with some of my family out to uh, Williamsburg, Virginia, for the week this past week, and we drove through Pennsylvania and some parts of eastern Ohio, and it's very um, hilly those regions. And so we got to see some of the changing colors. It's not as not as vibrant and as as vibrant and intense as it is up in New England, like in Vermont, supposedly. I've never been up there myself, but yeah. um, I hear that that's the place to go. Um, but it was still, it was still, you know, pretty cool. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's it's just gorgeous. And I was looking out the window about a half hour ago, seeing the uh, the orange side sunset with the orange leaves. So I like fall, but it's I prefer spring. I like the uh, new life mm. instead of the dead. But you know it, it's okay. It's it's sure, it's nice. Sure. The weird yeah, thing about the weather here is it's eighty five during the day and forty at <laughs> night. So, right, quite right. a swing. Uh, but anyway, it's Not, it's been nice, and uh, you know, gone on a couple walks yeah. and done some stuff. There's the the spooky Halloween stuff. I put up uh, our holiday tree. We've I've talked about this last couple of years. Holiday tree yep, that we put yep. up. Um, I is it the same as your Christmas tree? I probably asked this. No, yeah, it's it's my it's it's my it's we have two trees. One is a goes in my sunroom that everyone from outside can see. And yep, it yep. it has like white lights and it's just kind of a nice Christmas tree thing. That one is mm-hmm. not up yet. 
Um, that one stays down. And then there's the holiday tree. It's also an artificial tree. Uh, and it, it, okay. it's got right now um, orange lights on it with orange garland. And there's hanging pumpkins and ghosts. Is it a is it a, a coniferous tree or like a like a plastic ficus? It's like, it's like a Christmas tree, like whatever, whatever okay. those are. Um, like a, yeah, a, like a, a, we say pine tree, but yeah, pine is a type. Yeah, it's like a pine tree type thing. And uh, yeah, so we put we put that on, and then uh, after the thirty first, we take all of the we keep the orange lights on. We put up an orange garland that has leaves in it, and then we have yeah, I have, yeah, I have some some red, yellow, yep. and and orange mm-hmm. uh, uh, deciduous leaves, yep. and maybe yep. some you you get some of those little baby <laughs> gourds that look like pumpkins. we do that they're like little styrofoam okay, things, yeah. and we also have I'm picturing this now. right something we do that's nice is. Uh, uh, I, I've got corn. these, um, I don't know, they're styrofoam. They're not styrofoam, they're spongy, so I can't think what they're, but they're, they're like, they're, they're cut out leaves. Like the kids have cut out leaves from them. Okay. Um, man, I wish I could think of what it's called. It's, like a, like a nerf. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, like a nerf type material. Okay. And it's thin, they have the cut out leaves. And, uh, every year I have the girls write something that they're thankful for on the back of it. Sure. And then we hang it. So every leaf on the tree has... Uh, something that in the past one of the kids or myself have been thankful for. So it's kind of neat. Um, and then after hot, uh, Thanksgiving, then we put all the, the Christmas ornaments on it. Um, right. So it's nice. It's it's always been our answer to we, we think that the Christmas tree is awesome and we love it in our house, but more than three weeks. So we, we have it up for three months. Sure. And it's, and it's pretty sure. fun. So, but it's a lot of work. Put that up. Um, pulled out all the, the stuff from the shed with the Christmas things and got that. I forgot that last year I, I went, I did one of those things that old people do and go shopping after the holidays for holiday stuff okay. and, and buy all of the stuff cheap. Right. So, right, right. so I have a whole bunch of I new stuff this year, but I, I guess that, I guess that's a thing old people do. Like I've been doing that since I was a teenager, <laughs> not, not regularly, not every time, but every so often I'm like, Oh, you know, I went through a phase of illuminating a lot of spaces with um, string lights. Yeah, right. With, as we say, light, yeah. Chris, Christmas tree light. They don't. They don't call them that. No, I know. Yeah, I, um, we do that now. Too. When I, I, I'm sure I've told this anecdote before, but when I was in college, I had a dorm room. It was like a 11 by 14 room with cinder block walls, and it had two fluorescent fixtures. As it's light, it's like much, much too bright. Mm-hmm. And so I left those off all the time, and I strung. Uh, icicle lights like around the perimeter of the room and then it was drop ceiling so i ran like a grid of lights and i learned that way that those cheap string lights are not meant to be used all the time oh yeah the bulbs start start to go out after you know six months or so and then like there's more current running through the other bulbs so they start to go out faster that's stuff like that they're not they're not built to last right they're for a purpose that you use maybe once a year and there's a good chance most people are going to get them tangled and throw them away before the bulbs start to burn <laughs> I've got out. a big ball of but, death uh, outside with those Christmas lights on. Right, right. Like in uh, like in uh, Christmas vacation. Exactly, yeah. Like I, I actually, now that I opened up the, the, my, the box and I see all those boxes that I bought last year, they're, they're boxes mm-hmm. of lights to hang on my house. And right. I remember now that I bought them so that I can throw away those big ball of mess stuff. So I haven't mm-hmm. done it yet, but I'm, it's going to feel a good feeling to grab that big ball of crud and just throw it away uh, but yeah right. I, we, we did and that too that, that was my 
that was my connection to your thing about shopping after the holiday mm-hmm. because I would go right after Christmas and buy those lights when yeah. Walmart and whoever had everything half off. Yeah, they right, they they are unload that inventory. You buy a whole bunch of them. They are expensive when you buy them during during the holiday season, but when you buy them afterwards, they're really affordable. We, I've done the same, and I've kept uh, like last year. I've kept up my I'm going to say Christmas lights again, but they're just white, you know, lights and that that I have wrapped around. Um, some fake pine garland around my banister. And then my, I had the lights twisted all within my big, huge fake trees in the house. So, and I've kept those up all year long and they twinkle and do stuff. So that's been nice. I like it and I have to do less work, you know, during the holiday season. Sure. Sure. But anyway, that's, that's good. So this has been a good time. You know, it's good. Holidays are good, right? This is the start of the holidays and whole, we t- last couple of weeks, we, you and I talked about how there's Halloween decorations out of where, and Oh my gosh, people are going crazy overboard with not overboard. They're just doing them up well this year. There's mm. so much more Halloween stuff coming out all over the neighborhood. Yeah, well, it's you know when we were walking, I was talking to my dad about lumber prices because he owns some land mm-hmm. out in mm-hmm. Idaho that has a lot of you know it's heavily wooded, mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, the price of lumber is like three times you know what it was a year ago. And I'm like, well, you just think of this list of things like people working from home. They're doing more, uh, you know, potentially like, you know, some of them building desks or sheds or oh, yeah, converting sure. an old room or whatever. Like everything in the DIY space has to be in high demand right now. I bet. Yeah. Um, plus, even the people who maybe aren't going to transition to working from home full time are home all the time. And so they're doing more stuff with their houses than they were. Or they are people who live in the cities realize that they're paying way too much for rent and are moving out into more rural areas and maybe building houses right that takes a lot of lumber yeah yeah. i said plus you've got (laughs) everything shut down right for for a couple months and so there's less production even than there was i'm like yeah it's just a perfect storm of of things to increase the demand and of course you know for a business if the demand goes up you raise the price right that's that's how this thing works that we call capitalism. But, um, well, I, I've spent my time. It's the same. Sorry, I, I knew I had a connection with that. If people who are home all the time, they're like, well, I wasn't, I wouldn't have bothered with a bunch of Christmas decorations when I was busy, you know, working all day and spending three hours there and back commuting per day. But <laughs> right. now that I'm here all day, maybe we should, you know, put a, put a big inflatable ghost in the yard or and just do it make it it up pumpkins and carve them or whatever i'm I'm thinking now i usually always wait to put my christmas lights up around the house uh, until Mm -hmm. everybody does the weekend after um thanksgiving maybe i'm thinking i should hang them now when it's nice for the last like couple days like and then not turn them on that's yeah i think that's what people do like they put them up and don't start turning them on because it's probably a lot easier to do it now than when it gets to be you know mid-november and i should be smarter snap comes through and totally, yeah and and it, it it never fails it, i wait until after thanksgiving and then it's freezing i'm like i'm not going up there on that roof it's too cold mm. <laughs> so uh, you know that's maybe that's all i'll do that this week and, and hop out there that's why you that's why you have children right you send sit up there to no hang. no way she break her neck up that stupid high mm. Ugh. well it's 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 exciting and fun. I, you know, it's a lot of work and yeah. stuff. But you know, especially if you got kids around or even small kids, they as much as they don't say it, it's kind of one of those things when they look back at their childhood, they'll remember happy, bright lights, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just a a memory that you have to feel good about. So and that's what you know. It makes me feel good too. 
Uh, so I spent sure. my time though being very productive, actually. Um, okay. I sat on the couch and played Borderlands most of the time. Okay, was, I was really you. You had that tone like you were you were working your way into a joke. So I was going <laughs> to be disappointed if you said that you did things like finally you like you retiled a bathroom. <laughs> no, I, no, of course not. No, I uh, Borderlands. Which Borderlands? Well, so Sydney has been a couple weeks ago. Sydney decided to pick up um, Overwatch. Let me back up. Yeah, backing up. A okay, little. so she played Overwatch and. You know, it's a first-person shooter, and she's never played first-person shooters but beyond um, okay, sure, sure. Uh, Last of Us, which is kind of that, right? Um, yeah. But not quite. So she started playing and enjoying it and liking it and playing it, uh, but it's not something we can play together, per se. Um, and then I realized mm-hmm. that, hey, there's okay. some, there are, what are some split-screen things? And uh, you, you, you probably could play Overwatch together, but I bet you would drag down her Elo. Uh, I'd have to, I, I'd have to get it. No, I'd have to get another place because <laughs> they don't cross, like. Oh, it's not split screen. Yeah, yeah. And, so and it's you'd not have to. Split. Yeah, you'd have to be on PC. Or I can't because there's no cross play. No cross play. Yeah, so there was no right. way. I even thought of that. Like, oh, maybe nope, can't play that. Mm. Which is silly. Uh, but anyway, the, so I uh, went through a couple of things thinking about what we could do. Star Wars is one game, but we had like a 30 gig patch or something I didn't download. Um, and but I did have Borderlands too. I thought, oh yeah, this is one. And it's it's a co op game. It's like PVE is all it right. is. It's not right. like what a better game than that. So I had. I loaded up um, Borderlands 2, which I haven't played in, it feels like a decade, so long ago. Um, sure. And we started playing that, and it's fun, but I'd played through it, right? Um, and mm-hmm. then we got done playing, I thought, yeah, I wonder what Borderlands 3 is. And I saw that Amazon, it was like less than 20 bucks. So I, I It's real cheap. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the deal is. I got it on disc from, from Gamefly, and I've not tried it yet, but it was it was under $20. Now that's... Yeah. Gamefly used, yeah, but still, oh, Amazon you know, brand new was the, below twenty bucks. Yeah, like I, I got it for I don't know, maybe fifteen used. Where you know, by contrast, if I try to get Breath of the Wild, yeah, uh, it's still like forty two, well, forty three. The Borderlands series—that's how I can tell, like the really good games versus the ones that are just okay. Borderlands series is one of those games that uh, that company works hard. I mean, <laughs> I, I, Gearbox, mm-hmm. um, they. Don't just that's they put true, out a solid true. game, but they're also like they're they totally their engine or whatever's made up of okay, and we're putting out expansions on a regular update that are quality expansions. So you know a thing like Breath of the Wild, Nintendo will put out a Zelda game, and then they don't put out another Zelda game for three, four years or whatever it is, right? You know, or that it's a right. it's a whole another game. This they they put out Borderlands three, sell it for cheap after I don't know five six months, and then they just keep getting $20 for expansions from you, you know? So yeah, DLC, DLC stuff, yeah. which is, you know, good on them. And as a player, I can see all that DLC and thinking, Oh, well, if I'm, if I do beat the main story or whatever, cause it's, it's remember it's PBE. I've got mm-hmm. a lot of things I can keep playing and, and advancing and it, it makes me feel good. Right. So anyway, I, I played, been playing that. It's really fun. I had, I forget what makes Borderlands special. And it's not just the art style, which is, you know, unique or the, um, adult nature of it meaning that there's lots of curse words and uh, gore yeah yeah uh but is it the goofy jokes the goofy jokes are definitely another thing uh no it's the it's the weapons like no other game Mm. has the crazy weapons that this game has and that's i know a lot of games will say like oh there's just you know the fine-tuning of the bullets it's not like that it's like you pick up there's five thousand it feels like weapons in this game and every one you pick up has different firing modes of explosions and heat-seeking missiles or 
or corrosive acid blobs and it's i can't even one shoots out fireballs another one's lightning bolt stuff from the undergun trigger it's crazy it's crazy and it's just so fun when you pick a thing up and then now this one has skill trees in it and i guess the other ones did too uh character classes they're just a lot of fun so i've been don't want to go too much into it but it was just really fun time and i forgot why i liked borderlands and uh, it's also nice. like one of those things that you can pick up and just kind of mind veg you don't have to think too hard about right 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 which it's a I like that. it's a i don't know what you call that a, a loot looter shooter it's, loot it's shooter, first yeah. person yeah, yeah it's first person shooter diablo yeah, right. yeah, yeah, and and crazy yeah. amounts of like loot everywhere. Yeah, Diablo is very I, true. I very enjoy good. those. I enjoy those games, and I've not played three yet. One of the things I remember uh, being very gratifying, though, kind of goofy. It's actually the same thing that I do in Diablo. Sometimes is just uh, start a game, open session, and then people will jump in that are over leveled or over geared, and we'll just. Leroy through stuff yeah. and then you know then I've gotten some gear and some some levels up and uh you know I just keep moving yeah uh, forward through the story maybe I did that more with the first one well, the, I don't the, know that I I don't think I ever finished the story of the second the real one. selling point to the third one for me though that was going to have me buy $30 for it was um that Borderlands multiplayer has always been what they call uh competitive so it's it's a weird right. thing but it's it's cooperative goal but when a when a loot drops, whoever picks it up gets it. It's not shared loot or shared money, which sucks. I I, I hate that part. Yeah. yeah uh, but yeah. but Borderlands Three has the new option to go cooperative, where the loot drops is your loot for you. Oh sure, and, personal loot, just like Diablo Three did eventually, yes. and just like WoW does now. Just smart, right? And then you know yeah. money is is split. So if I get five dollars, she gets five dollars. Um, yeah, yeah. So that just takes all any no tension out of it, and you're just playing and having a good time, and you get what you get, and it's fun. Um, so yeah, it, that's what it is. It's just been like this, you know, vegging kind of thing, going through, killing, shooting things, and blowing it up, and not thinking too hard about it. And then there's you know silly jokes nice. along the way. Um, so that that was fun. I what it did do is it took it took me away from The Witcher though, because I have been trying to get. I remember mm. we talked about. Mm-hmm, which game mm-hmm. I should play. And I, and I started picking up which, and I have played it and I got back to where I was cause I started over again and I, and I, I fell off again. Like I fell off with this, like, oh, do I get back in the game? No, oh, I'll play borderlands. Right. Cause it's just, it's kind of heavy. You know, Geralt is a, is a heavy dude. Like he just is always, sure, sure. he's got emo to him. Right. You know, you watch the, the Netflix series. Yeah, I watched it and I played the first couple hours of Witcher 3. Yeah, it, it's very like the world is terrible and everybody hates me and this girl <laughs> who I love doesn't doesn't want to love me. It's you know it's it's I'm putting it down. It's right. a great game and I love it and it's wonderful. Uh but you know, it's kind of heavy it's a, there. It's a it's a dark world mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, it's a dark world with with moments of humor yeah um i like i like it i do enjoy it just you know i have to yeah yeah um we did so as i said we we went out to uh virginia Mm -hmm. it was about an 11 hour drive Mm -hmm. maybe 10 without stops but we stopped quite a few times um i have been reading the manga from an anime and this is another sort of 
not really trashy, but I could see how someone would call it trashy. Um, it's a romance story. Um, it's not high schoolers for once; they are college <laughs> students. Um, like most anime, the set like a, a great many animes are are high school students. Um, the setup is protagonist is this guy, just regular, you know, uh, kind of crappy guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, audience insertion character, right? Like I was talking about earlier. And he he goes out with this girl for about a month. And then she dumps him. And in his, like, sadness and despair, he decides to go on a date with a rental girlfriend. Uh, This show, I didn't say this (laughs) at the beginning, is called Rental Girlfriend or Rent a Girlfriend. Uh, That's the, you know, English translated title. That's illegal Um, in America. (laughs) (laughs) well they're like uh if you imagine uh i don't know how to compare this it's like an escort with no sex and no even like they're not even supposed to go to the beach or anywhere where a lot of skin is exposed there's no physical contact unless the the rental initiates like holding hands Mm -hmm. or something very chaste like that it's just the experience of like meeting up with somebody, going out on normal date activities, going to coffee, dinner, bowling, whatever, and then going home. Um, it's just, it's like just the initial emotional side of it. And I guess it's pretty big in Japan. Okay. Um, and then, so that's sort of the setup. And he immediately has complicated feelings because this this girl that he goes out with is like the perfect girlfriend she's idol I mean, of, level of attractive course, right <laughs> and and an actress and she's very sweet and very excited and you know she plays the perfect girlfriend so, so she gets her money's worth right she's a, a high right, a high exactly. dollar one got it and then the story it's any anything really more than that is a spoiler but there become circumstances that force them to keep sort of doing this. He meets her out of character and sees how she is, but he almost likes that more than the, than the rental persona. And then there he meets up with other girls. His ex keeps coming back into the story and she has complicated feelings because she sees him, this guy she dumped with this, you know, model actress level girlfriend, but she doesn't know that she's not really his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's the kind of thing that could be very silly. Like anime and manga is known for um, utilizing a lot of tropes. Yeah, and there and there certainly are tropes. Like um, th- you talk about the archetype of or the trope of the tsundere, which is a like a love hate kind of girl, like a girl, and some of them are guys too, but they're usually girls who likes a guy but the way that she likes him manifests in her being really mean to him okay right it's this love hate sort of black and white thing and the the main girl in this in this story does a little bit of that kind of stuff except that every time she's pissed off at him she's completely justified like he's done something really stupid okay and and but he's also not a cartoon like he's written as just a real sort of guy and he does things that are really frustrating but they're frustrating because they're exactly how people act when they're you know just thinking with their emotions and not uh not rationally of course for us as the audience we're like why would you 
dude, there's this perfect thing, but he, you know, his heart is leading him this way. And you're like, yes, I know that's exactly how people act sometimes. Um, but it's, I find it very engaging and, uh, and it's pretty good. If you, yeah. if any of that sounds interesting to the listener, the other thing that we did is we listened to part of a podcast that my brother David recommended to us. Um, it's called Hardcore History uh, with Dan Carlin, I believe, is the host. Okay. And they are sort of deep dive history episodes and very long form. I mean, we're talking like D&D podcast level, like three, four, five hour episodes. Um, I think for... Uh, like to to emphasize that point, I think the show has been going since 2015, and he has like nine episodes. Oh, really? Um, but it's very. We listened to the first part of one that was talking about the culture of Japan from the mid to late uh, 1800s, 19th century. Yeah. Um, through World War II, right, and what all the things that happened for them to like they were sort of closed off to the west for many many like maybe even a couple hundred years and then were sort of reopened in somewhere around the 1860s um and then all the things they did so like they missed um you know a lot of the early industrial revolution they missed all of the um the political revolutions of like the American Revolution, all the French revolutions, Napoleon, um, England's Magna Carta, like all of these things that happened in history in the rest of the Western world, or not the rest of the Western world, but in the Western world. And they um, sort of went through all of those things all at once. And then they also had this, what we talk about, this culture of um, like fanatical loyalty to the country and all of that stuff but it's just um all of these details and and the guy tells it he's a little bit i think he worked in radio for a long time so he has a voice that i could see being a little bit irritating to people <laughs> okay um, but it's it's just it's just the way that he talks and um it's fairly accessible like i I found most of it fascinating until it got, you know, late in the evening and I was struggling to stay awake because it's kind of, you know, listening to somebody talk when you're tired is, uh, you know, there are probably people who listen to this podcast <laughs> fall asleep. Um, that's just that's just the way it goes. But um, just really detailed, really um, um, like, I don't know if accessible is the right word because he's talking about history. It's a thing that can be very dry. But every so often he'll pull out a reference to, you know, the Incredible Hulk or compare uh, uh, Japan's colonialism to a drug addiction. Um, it could, like just use these weird sort of contemporary analogies that probably annoy history buffs, but to me made it more uh, a little more engaging. Yeah. Uh, but if you if you're into history and you know don't mind i know for for me in most cases i can't listen to that long of a podcast but if you think of it more like an audiobook maybe it's the kind of thing that you can listen to in bits and pieces you know there's the it's sometimes it's, it's difficult to find the right podcast for you and you mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. getting recommendations like that are are always good stuff how, how was the uh 
the overall trip down there? Was it was it pretty fun? And I know you had a lot with your family, but did you guys get to go do anything else? Go out and do stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we um, we went to. There's a lot of history out there. There's this what they call their history triangle or something between uh, Williamsburg, uh, Jamestown, and Yorktown are all in that same sort of area, and the um, the significant events in those places are separated by a number of years like i think the difference between jamestown and yorktown is almost 100 years um and each of those sites has um you know some amount of jamestown and yorktown both have museums uh with a lot of um fairly well fairly impressive um uh, technology exhibits they have like you know little theaters with um uh, we watched one, I didn't see the one in Yorktown, but there's one in, in the Jamestown Museum that has like a big curved screen in the back and then a bunch of smaller screens in like portrait and landscape orientation that are a little more like cell phone size thing. And there's different things on all those screens wow. at different times. And then like smoke machines come out and there's lights and kind of stuff, you know, to, wow. to make it a little more um, a little more engaging for kids, right, to get them that's cool interested in in history there and then of course um maybe not of course like i've been there once it was almost 15 years ago but colonial williamsburg is this site just off of the town of williamsburg where because and we were talking i was talking about this with my my brothers we're like how did this um how did this get here like is this the historic colonial town like here you know quote-unquote preserved and it's all these buildings like there's a whole street and the governor's mansion and all this stuff and they're like did they move this here did they build this here are they replicas like what's going on here but apparently when um they moved virginia moved their capital from williamsburg to richmond and when that happened the the colonial town uh, colonial town of williamsburg this was like late 1700s like 1780 1790 somewhere thereabouts um the the town kind of died out Mm -hmm. um and so it didn't get it didn't get built up and expand a lot beyond that original state and at some point in like the 1920s which it's always impressive to me to learn just how long like tourism and preservation has lasted yeah right like people have been going places like the blarney stone in ireland since the early 1800s i'm like wow there was tourism back like almost 200 years ago just to go Um, see it but a a like trust or organization bought up this whole town over time and you know rebuilt some of those towns, it's a park, so they charge admission for a lot of the, um, um, I don't know if exhibit is the right word, but they have um, they have people who work there as part of their job, historians, um, who um, like learn and, and keep alive some of these old trades, right? We talked to um, a lady who is a tinsmith. Right. And she's there like Hmm. making a handle for a cup and um, she's been doing it just over 10 years. Um, You know, she went to college and got a degree in history and they have some of the houses that are not open. They're not shops or whatever. They're just part of the town. And 
a lot of the employees actually live there on the site. So they're just fully immersed in this world all the time, keeping this history alive, which is really, really cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Man, a lot of stuff you just didn't realize was there, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Goodness. Well, I, I got to do, to watch a, uh, a dog Halloween dog parade. <laughs> okay. Not okay. as exciting, but, but mm. yeah, we, here in Bloomington, we just, I was down at the switchyard park and they had a, a dog parade of dogs. Nice. Definitely not dogs as cool as that, but dogs are great. <laughs> dogs are great. I was telling Shelly about how, uh, how your, your family raised dogs. She's like, they, they do that for a living. I was like, yeah, that's what they do. She's like, that's amazing. Like, yeah. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the dog people. She's like, do they raise corgis? She's got a thing for corgis. He's like, no, they don't raise corgis. My my youngest sister has a corgi as a pet, and uh, she's pretty great. Um, and I think I think <laughs> she's she's very funny because I mean we have so many golden retrievers that it's always fascinating to me to see different kinds of dogs. Yeah, um, she's completely different. Like has no tail and these big ears that are very expressive. She'll like tilt her head and. <laughs> and stuff like that um but she's funny and i think i think my sister is planning on breeding her when she gets a little bit older oh yeah having having more puppies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. man lots lots of puppies the uh, uh they're gonna they're gonna be moving pretty soon though right i mean within the next so many months ish right are they gonna take the are they moving their their uh their business as well yeah so they'll have to um they'll have to build um, facilities, you know, kennel facilities down there. Awesome. Um, That's exciting news for, for their business. Yeah. And then go through all of the, everything that has to happen to the farm here to make it ready for sale. But, uh, right. Yeah. Still cool to see Indiana, some golden retrievers coming down there to Southern Indiana and more central area or location down here. Be cool Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. see a bunch of golden retrievers running around more good, the good ones. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) did you, uh, did you get to watch uh, on your trip? I know it was gone on there, but did you get to watch our uh, our movie this week? It feels like feels like a weird one to watch on the actually fun historical yeah, vacation. Yeah, I, I I did. I watched it in sort of two two sittings, but uh, did you have to watch it in secret? I know we're not talking about it yet, but did you get to watch it in secret because it was <laughs> crazy? I watched. I downloaded it onto my iPad so that I could watch it without internet, and I watched about the first half an hour. Um, one night before bed and then i had to finish it in the car so i was <laughs> oh, i was i was kind of sitting where nobody else could see right that my parents have a big suv for pulling trailers and and their airstream and stuff mm-hmm. and so i was sitting in the middle where oh, you know my sister worse. okay no like the middle bench right it's okay. got three rows of seating and mom and dad were in front and my sister was behind me but she was behind me sort of separated by a pile of of luggage <laughs> and so i i had to kind of hold the ipad kind of it it's so like, weird okay like, let's I, let's talk no, about nobody, that then. let's go nobody let's, look at what i'm watching let's dive into the more details of why that would be then right yeah <laughs> okay so this is this is a uh a, a what year is this is this made in the 80s or 90s N- no no or 2000s? 2000 okay yeah uh, we're talking about the 2000, uh, it says comedy, crime, drama, American Psycho. It's definitely not I comedy. Say, I would say dark comedy at the very, at the very most. It's like, if you found 
uh, Clockwork Orange funny, you would probably find this funny. <laughs> maybe. Um, Clockwork Orange is more funny. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Not that even that it's... Yeah, it's... Yeah. yeah. Not, I mean, definitely not. I would put comedy as the third in the list. So if you know crime drama, then then add comedy to the, uh, to the list. But uh, we're talking about American Psycho. Uh, Christian Bale... Um, uh, uh, Jared Leto, um, who else? Willem Dafoe, Reese Witherspoon, mm-hmm. Chloe Savini. Um, yeah, this is it's a movie. another weird one. It's a movie. It's, it's a movie. Um, there's, I don't think there's a lot we can say about this without spoiling it. So I'm going to hit the bell early and we'll come back with our final okay. thoughts. Uh, it's it's stylized is is that what is that the word I want to use? I don't want to use it's, capital A art like when we we say. Yeah, it has a it has a very distinctive style. There's a lot of like sometimes uh um Christian Bale's Patrick Bateman is talking and you're not sure if he's actually talking, if he's talking to the audience, if he's talking to the other characters. Um and I think that is very intentional. We're supposed to get the idea that as the title implies, this character is psychotic, as in, that's a word we throw around a lot, but as in not, um, what's the word, um, uh, neurotypical, right? He has some kind yeah. of... Crazy, he's he crazy. He has some kind of, right, crazy, some kind of psychological disorder that makes him uh, completely without empathy and um, just without... Uh, with almost none of what we would consider quote unquote normal human emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um and, and I don't know, and, I don't know. And, and maybe this is part, I, I actually remember after I watched the show, I thought, okay, I'm going to have to, for this episode, I'm gonna have to have Dennis sit me down and tell me why. I mean, <laughs> right. Because, because this isn't one that I think that I can, again, I've never claimed to be a, a professional movie critic. Right. But, sure. uh, I do watch a lot of movies. Um, but I also have, we know anyone who's listened to any amount of time on the show knows that my tastes are my own. So I don't, right. I don't know, um, what this is going for. And maybe you can tell me, like, I think that maybe it's just my thought, maybe they're trying to, uh, do, tell us a movie as if you're crazy as well. Like maybe this is how he sees the world. Cause you know, cause they clearly talk differently right right like they all talk over the top hence the word american and and that's and that's intentional intentional for sure um is no i don't know this is something i should know is christian bale oh he's english okay yeah so that's probably part of it um i did not realize that because he so often plays american characters Mm -hmm. um and I, this is based on a book. Um, I should have done a little bit of this research before we started. I intended to do that, but just ran out of time. Um, it will probably gratify you to know that uh, this movie only has 7.6 on IMDb. Okay. So it's nowhere near the the IMDb top 100. Yeah. Um, it did win... A lot of awards, but none of them are big. Like it didn't win any Oscars. I think like I think that. that the acting was what the, it was supposed to be. It was good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Christian Bale is clearly like 
he is just always talking like a car salesman. Yeah. Or and so again, not even again, a, car salesman right? is kind of is, is kind of cartoon, but he's, hey, Alan, why don't we meet for drinks over at the country club? Yeah. And like that's that's clearly a big part of the bit. And knowing that, I, which I didn't know before I watched it, but knowing that he's English and I am imagining now that a lot of the um, creators, maybe the author and and so forth are not American. Um, that sort of um, clarifies for me why the Patrick Bateman character is so obsessed with American music, right? Yeah. All of the, yeah. the music of the 80s. And of course, the the movie is set, I think, in the early 90s. And oh, so okay. it's not it's not as eccentric as somebody now being fascinated by Phil Collins, Genesis, Huey Lewis, yeah. Yeah. Um, all that kind of um, music. I just appreciated it because I also like a lot of that music. I mean, it, it, it has, it has a lot of, I mean, I think it's trying to tell me something, right? I think it's trying to tell me, I, okay, I should, I should say, as I've said before, this isn't my kind of movie because I, right. I mean, I, no, I appreciate. No surprise there yeah. for, for me and probably any longtime listeners of our show. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, craziness or, or psychotic people things, it's not something that interests me or does it for me or, or brings mm-hmm. out a kind of emotion that I enjoy, I guess. Did you, did you never watch Dexter? I'm no, I did not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and for the same reasons. And, and I'm not saying that's bad. Uh, my girlfriend, she is, she loves these kind of shows. I, I don't know. If she, I don't know sure. if she particularly liked this movie, but she liked Dexter and those kind of shows. And she watches all the crime dramas and, you know, uh, how to make an, uh, a murderer or something like that. How to Does, make a murderer. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I watched, I watched Dexter and I think that show has something this doesn't have where the character of Dexter is somewhat relatable. Like he is not killing randomly. He just has a compulsion to kill that he can't control. And so he uses it, uh, you know, quote unquote for good. Like it's not, it's still not good, but it's at least, um, like relatable in a way that there's very like aside from really enjoying 80s music there's nothing relatable about the patrick bateman character and and nor is anything good there's no does not yeah he's he's killing randomly he doesn't care about anyone but himself and then you get to this weird ending where and and this was the the proverbial nail in the coffin for me when i was trying to sort of guess at what your reaction to this movie would be when it got to this uh, foggy, ambiguous ending. Yeah, I was like, okay, if there was any chance that Mike was going <laughs> to like this, uh, this sealed the deal. Yeah, I, I can I can appreciate a foggy ending, and I and I appreciated what they were doing here. Like he he tries to you know give himself up because he goes totally crazy, and he's just he, he he just breaks, and then it it you don't know whether you know they are letting him get away with it because he's high society and that's the way it works with those people. Or he just imagined it all and you don't really know. Exactly. And yeah. so, so it's, it's very, very ambiguous and I can appreciate that. I can appreciate the, Oh, this is a movie about crazy and it's all crazy. Like, like completely off the rocker edge of the world, crazy. And then, you know, everything about this movie is about that. The way they talk, the way it's presented, the way everything is. And why shouldn't the ending be that way as well? Um, so I don't mind that because that is the whole movie. It's just not something that interests me at all. 
you know, I just, I don't, I don't find that fascinating, you know, again, personal tastes. So I'm not, right. I'm not d- digging on it because, uh, you know, I totally, uh, everyone has their own tastes and I, I love sci-fi and action movies. And that is totally not the things for some people, these psycho thrillers and not said in a bad way are just some people's thing. And that's probably why this is on this list. It's just nothing I care about. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, if we haven't already established this by now, the editors or writers, or whatever, who created this list had more of an appetite for horror and thrillers. This is more thriller than horror. Um, than than you or I do. Yeah. I mean, and then they just, when you start doing like, you know, eating flesh and dismembering people and as much blood and he's trying to bite her calf off. Like that is, I understand you're trying to get across craziness and the ultimate psycho of the, the breaking of the human psyche, but uh, I, yeah, it's just not for me. So it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's just not for me. <laughs> So right. final conclusions, that's a pretty quick one, I guess, right? Um. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, so for me, I didn't I didn't dislike this movie. Yeah, it's not my it. kind of movie. It didn't, you know, I would, we've definitely watched movies on this list that are unusual, unsettling, knowing that it's kind of British made, made it make a little bit more sense to me, but um if you're not into this kind of, you know, thriller, ambiguous, uh, uh, um, serial killer kind of thing, and we just watched seven, we just we just watched seven. I think I would recommend seven all day. I would, I, I would say, you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of seven, but I would definitely recommend seven over this. Yeah, and and I'm sure people could have their opinion either way, just because maybe this one is is more. Uh, psych uh, was it psych? I don't say psycho, but like um, uh, it makes you think of how crazy someone could be. Whereas, whereas seven is just like serial killer kind of type stuff. I get that, right? But right. yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, you know, we we uh, it was on the list, and it's one of those ones that I think I would take off my list, and I can clearly replace my list with with something else. Um. So, but that being said, I know next on our list is actually the word psycho. Yes? Yep, yep. Our second and final uh, um, Alfred Hitchcock. This is a, this is a, uh, I, I, honestly, I don't think I've watched this all the way through. I think I've seen some of the key hmm. scenes. Um, but uh, this is old school thriller, right? Old school horror thriller. Horror yeah. thriller. Yeah, not not like there's going to be blood and guts all over the walls and stuff like that. No, and it's and it's black and white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Scary, so yeah. spooky. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm into that. I, it's, I, uh, Shelly, my girlfriend, got, she likes this a lot, and she'd asked me if uh, I would watch a spooky show with her, and I said, sure, I'll, I'll watch. The, you know, I'm all up for a good scare if it's this thing, especially if it's like a a ghosty movie. Um, and so we started watching. Um, the Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Okay, is that new? No, they. It's like a, it's an anthology series. So they have like season okay. two is out now, but it's not anything about it. It's like the same. Yeah, yeah. I think it's is the same it, cast even. But is it? Uh, is it isolated episodes or isolated seasons? Isolated seasons. 
Okay, so it's like um, it's like Fargo or The Sinner, or there's at least one. Yeah, yeah, like later. like that one with um, Jessica Biel, that one there. Yeah, yeah that's The Sinner. Yeah, uh, the yeah, just like kind of like that, and it's not. It's I don't even think that this one is called like season two isn't called The Haunting of Hill House. I think it's called like something of Blythe House or something like that. Oh, interesting. So they just called a second thing, but it's got like the same cast with also new cast members and the same mm-hmm. production team, I think, like director and things. Sure. Showrunners. Sure. So that that's cool. I mean, I, I haven't been watching that one, but that one just came out, I think, finished too. It's Netflix, so it drops all at once. Um, but this one, right. this one is okay, right? I, and I won't spend a lot of time <laughs> on it, but I will, because I'm, I'm only about halfway through, maybe a little bit more. Um, it's not all spooky, scary all the time. It's, it's kind of like okay. how, how you would think it, it is. It's the first episode kind of has a lot more of it than most, but uh, the this you know roundabout synopsis of it. This family grow is that uh, they like flip houses, I guess, and they buy this old house and they move into it to flip it, fix it up, and flip it. Okay, and that's have, uh, that's I I know that that's not a new. That's not a new thing, but that does, it feels like a contemporary take on the, uh, on the haunted house. Sure. Maybe sure. not. I mean, I, when I think of some of the ones that I've seen, that's very often the case. It's like somebody inherits the house or somebody buys the house or they go to like, yeah. it's whatever gets some people, you know, from the outside into the house. I know that, um, uh, one of the podcasters I listen to, Scott Johnson says he hates haunted house as a genre yeah. because, it doesn't follow any rules. Yeah. Like the, the, the house will seem a certain way. And then in the third act, like it turns out that the house can do this and this. And you're like, okay, but you didn't establish that. And now you just <laughs> like, you've gone completely off the rails. Like you can't, uh, you can't build dramatic tension if there are no rules. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's uh this one does something different with that, which was probably the hook for me um, is that, like I said, how the family does this flip thing, right? And but I think this that takes place, I want to say around two thousand ish, maybe twenty years ago, fifteen, twenty years ago. And then um in at the by the end of the first episode, there's some weird things that happen, right? There's uh, as soon as they kind of move in, the kids the, there's five kids and they range from like thirteen to maybe four. And there's two twins that are the youngest, and they see most of the stuff. Um and there's some scary things that the little kids see. And they're terrified and you don't know what happens. But by the end of the first episode, um, the dad played by Elliot from E.T., but grown up. Um, he mm-hmm. runs yeah. into like the youngest boy's bedroom at night and does like this panic, you know, don't look and I'm going to hold you and whatever you do, don't look and runs out the house and he's screaming to the kids and they run and jump in the car and they take off without mom. Um, mm. And then and then it's 20 years later. So then they're their adult selves. Um, so, and then I think in the first or second episode, the youngest sister leaves some kind of cryptic message, goes back to the house and commits suicide. They say that her mom committed suicide. It's all this like crazy stuff happened in the house. And then it does like back and forth time things about what happened in the house and mm. how they're dealing with it now and how that is still like ghosts of the house are still with them. Like today. Um, and right, right. Which is pretty gaslighting a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're like every episode has been basically up to this point, like one member of the family, right? Like last night, they they interact loosely with each other because they're 
it's a long story, but they they lose interact with each other. And then next episode they'll talk and you're like, Oh, no wonder that brother is a, a doped up alcoholic that, that runs things. He's still seeing ghosts since he was five. Right? Sure. Sure. And, yeah. And, and we've seen, I mean, I can't even, I can't even name an example now, but I've seen so many shows where you start out and you think a character is a certain way, like game of Thrones did a lot of this. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Oh man, that guy's such an a-hole. And yeah. then like, a couple like he doesn't get a redemption arc but a couple episodes in you see his flashback or you you know you see him interact with his dad for the first time and you're like oh i see and very often that that uh epiphany flashback scene is somebody's some character's complicated relationship with a parent yeah right? just because that's how life works but right um yeah 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 and so and, and i haven't had the dad yet which is i think it's going to be a a central piece but because you know, the, the dad never told them what happened in that house. He he just, he, they, they did this. Right. They do show a scene where the dad's talking to police and stuff Cover like that. Yeah. So, so he was not like he, they accused him of murder or anything. They found that she had committed suicide, but he would not tell the police or anyone what happened. And hmm. he just, you know, like he, he wanted the house sealed. No one to ever just go in there. Yeah. And, you know, so anyway, it's, it's got it's got an interesting take because there is still spook around and you when they go back to the the time when they're in the house still that's when there's spook things that you know can happen but occasionally right even into in like the today time it's what which starts to get freaky is when things happen when they're not when they're like 20 years later and then they're like mm-hmm. oh my god this is still you know part of my life and this sucks and like oh my gosh that's it, it, so it's good i i enjoy it I enjoy that it's not a, a, a scare thing every minute of every second. You know? Right. And it's got it's got some it's got some good actors um and actresses, some decent story and relationships between people and and spooky scary stuff. Um nice. a, a couple of things that I like that they do are the things that you would think should happen in a in a house. Like if a spooky scary ghost shows up in your room, the first thing you need to do is turn the light on. Right. And they do that. Hmm. Like, that's the first thing right. everybody does. It's like, oh, go for the light. You know, right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, or, or yell or go look for a person or grab a bat or something. Like, they do all the things that you should do that they never do in spooky movies. Right. Right. It's right. like, oh, that's, that's good. That's yeah. a good thing. So, I mean, I, that was weird off the topic, but that's what I, I, I had watched that and randomly, and it's pretty good. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Hey, before we get much time, I do want to talk to you, though. Did, uh, there's two topics I want to talk before we go. Uh, how much time do we have left here? We're, all right, we're good. Um, I'm by my math, we have about half an hour. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Okay, so I'd like to sink my teeth into because I haven't, we haven't, we haven't actually talked in like week and has it been more than a week? Yeah, week and a little bit or I, something. I don't know. It I seems like forever. Uh, yeah, we got um, the boys finished and yep. lower decks finished. Mm-hmm. Did you get to finish all both of those? I I did just this afternoon. Awesome. So, uh, Awesome. Which one do you want to talk about first? Um, let's start with the boys and make sure that we leave ourselves enough time to okay to, to cover uh, lower decks. We we talked about this a little bit with Fox. We we said we we didn't know where it was going, what it was doing. Uh, we en- were enjo- both of us, all three of us, enjoy it. We kept wanting to watch it next week, but we couldn't tell why. We were a little confused. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how do you feel about this last one and how it? I'm going to say wrap things up or wrap the season up or did it wrap up the season? 
How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, we can... Boy, I don't know. It's going to spoiler all of this. I mean, you can't talk about this without It's going to spoiler all of it. I was trying to think if I could if I could talk around things in a vague way, but even that is, is going to end up spoiling it for somebody. So I'm going to hit the bell. We're going to talk about the finale of season two of The Boys, the Amazon Prime original series, and we'll be back. Um, It was pretty good. You know, I think the... Um, the uh, kicking the shit out of uh, Stormfront scene was, I think, what the girl power scene in Avengers Endgame wanted to be. <laughs> yeah, but, right. Yeah, but could not because they had already built up uh, a, a whole roster of male super superheroes, and <laughs> in this show, they've established that all of the male superheroes are terrible people. Terrible people, and so and the the quote unquote good guy male characters are all humans like they're not going to do anything against yeah uh against stormfront and so um you know they have that sort of funny scene and i was sort of wondering as i was watching through and i'm like is is the thing with huey's mom going to be something that matters like is there something weird in his history and of course they could still do that because it seemed to be yeah i think they will for be something, yeah. for a season three yeah um but i definitely that didn't think that happen of of course, they paid off the buildup of the Queen Maeve character and that thing that, I don't know if we talked about this on or off the air last week, but that thing of, you know, why does Wonder Woman never um, fight Superman when he mm -hmm. is, when he goes rogue? And yeah. very often they just make her agree with him, right? And that yeah. that helps. Um, you understand in this show why, why uh, um, Homelander goes along with Stormfront because he's a complete weak-willed narcissist who yeah. will latch on to anybody who gives him enough affection. Yeah, it, it, go, um, it goes back to the he didn't have love as a kid. Right. He had and and that's a strong theme, right? Like yeah. you get that's part of why Huey is the way he is and there's all of the stuff with um Butcher and his dad that yeah. you saw yeah. uh yeah. in the last week or the week before and um Becca's uh um sort of obsession with making sure her son Ryan is um raised differently yeah. is is raised differently from Homelander um you know of course because she knows mm -hmm. she knew even before like what kind of person Homelander actually is yeah um you're still you're still dealing with a lot of a lot of PR kind of uh um dystopia right yeah. where you're like uh yeah boy in and I don't know if I said this last week, but, um, you know, one of our friends pointed out that the comic came out post 9-11 in George W. Bush's America. Yeah. And so then you see like, oh, now I see why the Superman, the a-hole Superman analog is called Homelander, like Homeland yeah. Security. Yeah. It's real, uh, you know, quote unquote Ominous. subtle. Yeah. And, um, and you can see how they took some of those elements and sort of morphed them into a similar kind of uh, subversive, if you will, message for Trump's America. Right? Yeah. The, like you make, you make the, the, you know, Stormfront character is a literal Nazi. And now yeah. you've got all of, all of those, you know, maybe not racist or uncomfortable being called racist, but like nervous, you know, white Americans kind of thing, which felt a little lazy. Yeah. Um, but she does but say, she does it. say that, that line of, which I appreciated that, uh, she, as she and many other people would think, 
I'm just saying I, I everybody agrees with me. They just don't like the word Nazi. I, I thought right. I thought that right. was kind of a powerful but quick word or phrase or whatever she said. Like, ooh, I like that she said that. It's true. I mean, it's the reason why um, various groups are every so often pushing or lobbying lobbying for some word to be changed because, um, you know, they get tired of people using this word, whatever word it is, whatever group it is, if you're, um, you know, if it's race or sexual orientation or, mm. or differently abled, like whatever that is, the word becomes a slang and, and a slur. And you're like, can we, and it's, you know, it's very often not driven by the actual, um, um, group, but by some, you know, uh, uh, some virtue signaling, um, um, guilty. Yeah. Um, and, and in this case, but, and, and, as it does to, to ring true into our, our current situation is that right. a lot of, you know, people will definitely subscribe to, to these bad, evil things throughout history. And they just want to change the words so that it doesn't sound so bad, but it doesn't mean that, th that their philosophy is any different than what those people are. They just don't like being called, being pointed out that they're bad. And that's kind of what she was doing being the champion of this. But it, right. it, it was, it was nice to see her get what she got through this whole episode. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was despicable all the way through. Uh, kudos to the actress being fantastic. You oh know, yeah. Def great. Definitely. I mean, and, and, um, uh, the guy, the guy who plays Homelander, like his, always, always. Yeah. He, he kind of looks like like George Washington, like he's got something in his mouth that makes him makes his cheeks like look weird. Balls but or something. His, yeah. his like his like pouty, petulant rage kind of is just is so perfect. It is. You should watch. Just, I've watched one episode of. They always have like a um, an after show type thing on Amazon hmm. for the for the boys, and I, I watched the first episode, which they're they're pretty good. And they have all the actors on there. Like they, they are on there all yeah. the time and they have him on there often. And to see him talk is pretty great because he acknowledges that it's hard for him to everyone to not see him and hate him. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's the, he's the Joffrey Baratheon of this. Uh, he, he totally is. Of this and, story. and I think he looks, I can't remember. It's been a while since I saw that episode. He looks in real life different. I think he's changed. He changes his hair color and cha and hair. Like in real life. Oh yeah, I see, I'm looking at it. Ant Anthony Starr is his name. He's, yeah. Um, he's brunette with an like his jaw still, and his mouth still looks the same. But yeah, obviously. I mean, he he but, he. Homelander yeah, he is a an attractive, all American looking guy that you could see, and that's why obviously that she Stormfront likes him so much. Yeah. He's very. Arrogant, I mean, he but, he looks like the sort of worst version of Superman. Like not <laughs> right. not literal like fascist overlord superman but like corporate post 9-11 superman right which which is funny because you know you, they got this guy who's a good looking guy and maybe he's like a super nice awesome wonderful dude and and like anyone would want to be his best friend and everything in real life but you you put the the homelander persona on him and then all of a sudden it's like terrifyingly horrible and i think of that actor and i'm like oh man here you are blessed with really good looks and like captain america quality <laughs> stuff and then all of a sudden you have to be saddled with homelander like you know? like just a just a slightly different conversation and he could be chris evans right yeah. he could be playing captain america instead he's playing a whole superman yeah and 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fun. So I, I like that. Um, I will say that this episode was, this episode for me did it. Like it brought back, it brought in the whole, we, we kept talking about where is it going, don't know what they're doing. It's meandering. There's points that we said like that it, it wasn't it, it wraps up things quickly. There, it, it wasn't it, fully triumphant, but yeah, it had enough good feelings, as you say. Um, and and you know, it brought where, things together. In you're a like, way. there's enough. There's enough uncertainty. There's enough darkness here still that you're like, okay, a third season is coming. But the good guys scored a, 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 a quite a few wins. Which actually, good on them. Good on the. I think good on the writers. Good on the the production team, because I think that if they would have kept going, we even talked about this. If they kept going with a, um, tear you down series, no one will watch it. They'll stop watching. Yeah. I mean, I mean, people get fatigued. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Right? And, and, like and you, you yeah. enjoy it for a while. It's kind of indulgent. You're like, boy, you know, things are bad in the world, but at least it's not this. Like, at least we yeah. don't have a whole superheroes. Yeah. And, and, and that's how season one was. And while it had some, good comeback around things it's still the bad guys still win you know mm-hmm. homelander no one got their comeuppance type stuff so season two gave us the things we i think i feel that we kind of needed to to be like yeah i feel good about this homelander homelander did not get his due right he's not he still didn't get no, beat right. he got beat but he didn't get beat right he had he had the opportunity to do a very unique batman pose <laughs> oh yeah in, in the in the final shot that was very boys ish right when yeah had, yeah happened. i I, pre- I appreciated uh the arc that they put uh butcher on this season it was mm-hmm, i think mm-hmm. um I, i've always liked the actor i think that he um was he I oh yeah Car- carl urban is carl urban in this. is one of my top 10 actors and every look he gives whether it be a, a sly look or a, a terrified look, or I don't know what to say look, there they have just as much lines as he does, right? His looks do. Yeah, like they they do that scene with his parents who are um, uh, Denethor from Lord of the Rings yeah, and yeah. Uh, Mrs. Patmore from Downton Abbey, yeah. which was uh, which was very amusing. And then he goes to that meeting uh, with the guy that ends up being nothing, right. Ends up being pointless, but he does that great thing with the T and the, just the real like menacing. That whole scene was great. Right. And I mean, his acting sells all of that, all of it. Oh, this is a guy. He's finally embraced his quote unquote, quote unquote, dark side. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't last. Right. Cause that would be, uh, you know, depressing to watch long term, but just for a couple scenes, it was it was very interesting. Well, he he also remember the the episode before that he goes and talks to um, another guy who he threatens his family, right? Mm-hmm. He's like completely diabolical, and then his the the guy's daughter walks in and he's like, "Hey, T, thank you, it's wonderful." And like, yeah, that's that's the scene I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, and and there's the one later, the one also that, that has a tons of looks where he, he meets with the Vought guy in this in this one right like yeah. he he does so many scenes where he just stares over like he'll put his head down and then his eyes up a little bit so he's looking over like underneath his brow or something and you're like oh what is he thinking you know and he meets with the scene even when he's sitting at the very end spoiler again with ryan the boy mm-hmm. and he doesn't put his arm around him but he still looks at him in a certain way and then when he talks to the the girl, the CIA girl, whatever, mm-hmm. and he the way he talks to her, he just 
has looks and they don't have to give him a lot of lines. You know, of course, then he says, um, don't be a C word uh, to mm-hmm. the boy, which was classic. Yeah, that's that's his his version of of good parenting advice. Yeah, yeah. So that that was yeah. a good arc because you, you have this thing where you think Billy was has one way throughout the show. You're, you're, you know, they, they wrap it up with him and Becca, you think. Uh, they wrap it up with um, that he's he's just going to be him. He's just a terrible dude, and that's who he is, mm-hmm. and that's who we love, and it's fine. But then they bring it back here at the end when we least expect it and say, you know what? He's actually a good guy, and he does care, and he does care. He'll give it all up for her, and that's pretty good. You know, They, they even had a part scene like when Becca comes in. When Becca comes in with the boys, and they all start having this different <laughs> feel-good moments, it's great, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed the beat down. I enjoyed Maeve finally coming back into the mm-hmm. picture. I like that they, um, even, I don't, even more Billy Joel, which was great. Even more Billy Joel. I still, their heavy handedness is sometimes off the, the rails, but uh, sure. whatever. Like I am not the church. I'm not defending any church of Scientology stuff, but man, do they hate that church? Like <laughs> seriously, that, They've got some things to say about the Church of Scientology because that that right. that show is just the whole Fresca thing. Oh gosh! Oh, I didn't I didn't realize that that's what that was. That's funny. I, yeah, I that's mean, what, that's I'd, what they're doing. I I'd rather that than all of the tent revival stuff they did in season one. No, oh, I know, a, I know. More gross. He he, uh, like yeah. Even it's so blatant because at the end, like the deep yells at the main guy and says like, "I was even fine when you said we were a bunch of alien spores." Like that's mm-hmm. oh, how much more on the nose can you get with Scientology okay, yeah, stuff? Yeah. Right. So I, I get it. They're they're They are doing their best to say a thing, but not, but still. So I, I've enjoyed it. I, I, this last episode gave me a, a good feeling about watching season two overall, um, you know, starlight. And Oh, I'll, I'll leave with this thought when, he Huey is talking to Starlight on the bench at the end, and he's like, "I need to stand on my own feet." She's like, "Oh, we'll just be friends." He's like, "Oh no, no, I'm not that insane." I was like, "Oh, thank God." Right, right. <laughs> if you seriously were gonna be like, "Oh, we got to break up," I'm like, "This this show's stupid." There was, that would never that's happen. that's similar that's similar to the anime that I'm reading. Like the main the main female character in in Rent a Girlfriend is like Starlight, and the main guy is like Huey. It's like and Huey, like, right? You're like how. The, what how did this and i mean you know why when you get their personalities and stuff in this story but yeah at first glance you're like this this doesn't this doesn't match up i don't get it <laughs> right and, and uh, when she anyway, kind of goes yeah. for him and he's like i'm not giving that up oh yeah that's, right that's right good. so so in our in our final uh final estimations of this season two it's very good it's yeah. like it's just like season one like if you watch the first episode the you know the pilot of this series or if you watched season one and we're on board with that this is this is more of that it's different but it's still just as sort of dark it's still just a little heavy-handed with various current events mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. the story always has been it's just now you know 10 15 years in the future from when the comics were written um it does give you closure at storylines yeah it, i was gonna say that there's closure yeah. in some of the stories Mm-hmm. Um, there's resolution to some of the arcs. Resolution is a good one, yeah. It's overall a fun ride, I found. I agree. I agree, I agree with that. I, I've, I've enjoyed this, and it was nice to 
after watching American Psycho come and watch this. And it's, it's, it's also crazy, <laughs> but fun. So, right, right, exactly. Right. All right. So the next one that we had for our season finale, I will say, Dennis, I know you weren't here on Thursday when, when all the, the boys and us watched this. Um, mm-hmm. We did not realize this was ser- season finale when we oh, started right, watching. Right. It, it just, it was just happening. And then all of a sudden everything starts I don't think, happening. Yeah. I don't think that I knew that either, except that our buddy Fox told me, uh, via text and he said that I should, you know, line up time to watch it with somebody and not watch it by myself, but I ran out of time to watch it by myself anyway. But yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, watching the Star Trek fan is, is even more because it's like, it's, we just talked about the, the eighties nostalgic, uh, Ready Player One. This show is the Ready Player One for Star Trek fans. I mean, you you can't put yeah. that. You can't say anything less than that. This this is definitely the the Star Trek nostalgic show. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that, that uh, my brother Andrew, who's watched very little Star Trek, but probably seen like you know a few episodes whenever I had it on, or has yeah. seen all the Abrams movies. Um, you know, so I'm sure he's not getting any reference about Landru or um, you know, knowing that their Bajoran chief of security is with the prophets now or yeah. any of that. But even um, big things like not everybody knows Will Riker and Deanna Troy. They might, but if they didn't watch Next Generation, they don't get that. Or the Titan coming in, you know, that's completely, again, right, if, you're not, knowing, if you're not a Star Trek person, you don't know those. So I'll, we should have hit, because we just spoiled the whole yeah. the whole episode but i'll, I went I'll episode, put yeah. i'll put a um you know i'll put a chapter mark before this mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. at some point but i don't know i'm gonna hit the bell now <laughs> whatever um yeah. yeah this was great like from the very start they're like oh we're here and we get these people are they're they're worshiping the computer again after kirk talked them out of it like i'm like oh yeah landrew and the archons and the the um girl archons is a different episode the the purge right before we started making movies about purges though there's probably some old hitchcock movie or something about a purge that sure. uh that is predates you know 1966 67 whenever that episode was but um like that's funny and then the first officer calls it the TOS era, which of course all fans know is the original series, but then that's fans that doesn't exist in uni- in universe. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah, I call them those old scientists or something like that. <laughs> You're like, that is dumb, but I love it. Right. Yeah. They, they, they have that all, all throughout this whole thing. They, they're, they're constantly, I, I assume that, yeah, I assume that the race of people adding bits of ships to their ships is a reference to some, some other episode, probably next generation that I, don't that I just don't remember. Um, it's too deep of a cut or whatever. <laughs> um, but that was, that was all pretty funny. There's a bunch of weapons, of course, botleths, and I'm sure most of those weapons were, were callbacks to, uh, to other things. Of course they bring back, um, Kenneth and, uh, and Clippy. Right? Oh cl- uh, yeah. The that, Clippy. That guy, yeah. Wreck it, wreck it, Ralph or not wreck it, Ralph, uh, fix it, Felix. Fix it, Felix. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, he was actor, fantastic. His name. I'm not thinking he, of. he was just as murdery, which was great. Right. Right. Yeah. Take, taking um, out the safety protocols was great. They resolve all these character arcs and then they, they give you just enough hint of like, Oh, Titans in the area. They can answer this. She's like, no, we're going to go, we're going to go deal with it ourselves. And then they go through a whole, all this whole thing. And then like more ships and more grappling hooks. And you're like, okay, well, somebody's going to save them right they're doing a uh, a 2009 uh jj abrams enterprise mm-hmm. 
a thing where like somebody's going to show up and save them at the last second, you know, like Han right. does. And I'm like, oh, well, of course it's going to be, it's going to be Titan. We're going to see Jonathan Frakes doing some voice work, um, <laughs> which is great. I love, I love that he is back in the universe and, yeah. you know, he's doing voice work. He was on Picard. He directed episodes of, of um, Discovery. Discovery and the Orville. Um, yeah. He is just, you know, immersing him whatever opportunities he has in the star trek universe which is great i loved that you know leonard nimoy did that for years um i i loved his joke even though it was really dumb i loved his joke about enterprise he's like oh i was just watching the last couple of minutes of of the it's that it's the season or the series finale of enterprise right when it cuts to um uh riker you know presumably on Oh right, um, his his enterprise. But I think like maybe he had the right you know movie era uniform or whatever. Where like he's you know watching a holodeck program of the past to help <laughs> him resolve a diplomatic situation in the future. Like learn learn from the past. And so when he comes back, he's like, oh yeah, I was just watching the old uh, some of those old Enterprise missions. You know, they had a long road getting from there to here. To there. I'm like, God, that's so dumb, but I love it. <laughs> I mean, as soon as that was said, the entire room we were with, and we all groaned at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that that was that one there was probably my favorite line of the whole show. There was a lot of good ones, but that one was my favorite. I again, um, I like um, Mariner is still the best. Like the fact that she's got, you know, how much contraband do you have hidden all over my shit. Mm-hmm. That's not important right now. <laughs> she's she's always takes the show the whole time. Um, yeah, this new status quo of her. Working with her mom is going to be cool. Um, R.I.P. Security Officer he Bajoran dude. He was mm-hmm. totally awesome. Even more awesome at the end. Like right, right. when he goes on full on war mode, he becomes the man. Right. <laughs> so good. Yeah. You know the the all, best thing about great. this show is that like the I kind of expected this show to be about the lower deck people, and they're all the cool people, and they're all like making fun of the 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 bridge crew and the bridge crew are just going to be caricatures of sure uh, but that was not how the show is played out i think that the 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 bridge crew are all pretty cool good people too they're like like the first the first officer is a caricature but not not really any more so than original Riker was yeah generation yeah and and the the Bajoran science officer is no more ridiculous than than early seasons of Worf. Right, right. And and the uh, the was it the the cat doctor is great. Like not mm-hmm. not evil, but definitely doing not not evil, but like not angry, mean, but also not nice, very bonesy ish. So that they're all a like surly, yeah, yeah. They're they're all good characters. They're not insufferable terrible people like i thought they were going to make them they weren't at all they're actually awesome and cool so they've like the cerritos a good ship you're just more interested in the lower decks people because they're interesting and fun right now right and and it's not the story isn't about but they always get intertwined with the the bridge crew which is with whatever whatever the ship is doing yeah and i love that they found the sweet spot between a comedy and and seriousness right like <laughs> it's it's very it's very comedic don't get me wrong but it's yeah. not a parody it's kind of like we said with the orville except this is real star trek so they're just constantly it's just constant fan service 
comic-y jokes, but there's such a deep well of Star Trek history, right? Like <laughs> hundreds of episodes, something like 20 movies. Um, there's just so much you can pull from that any at any given point, you're like, oh, and the, you know, and the thing, and, you know, what, I mean... I can't even think of it. You know, they're pulling references from the original series. There was an episode or two ago where they said something about um, Spock, giant Spock. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I only know because I saw this on a YouTube video, but that's a reference to an episode in the, in the animated series, the like seventies, you know, Saturday morning Star Trek cartoon that was pretty terrible. (laughs) Like all but the most diehard Trekkies have never seen that. But right. they're gonna they're gonna slip in a joke. Yeah, the, I, I will say that this is definitely more comedic, less serious than even the Orville, though. I think I think the Orville is more serious. Oh yeah, and, for and, sure. And it's and it's sure. definitely jokey. It's definitely comedic. But I, yeah, this right. one this one definitely falls more strongly into the the comedy than. But it still has you know character progression. I guess maybe mm-hmm. is the is the thought. Yeah, or, or, like the like we said the 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 characters are fairly fleshed out there's some nuance and some complicated um you know sort of relationships and and you know we just ran down the the bridge you know the the department Mm -hmm. ads um i I like i like that that what rutherford and tandy like they're such like a little cute couple and then like when he totally forgets her it's like no big deal like oh i get to meet you all over again yay like right how great (laughs) yeah it's a nice um it's a nice palate cleanser after Star Trek Picard. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. You know, it's it's funny. This something is... that was so so serious with like just yeah. a couple of jokes sprinkled in. Yeah, um, I I again, totally another, agree. Another uh, um, Jonathan Frakes uh, Marina Sirtis cameo. Oh yeah, we're 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 gonna go to uh, Discovery coming up next, um, mm-hmm. which is again probably gonna be very serious. Um, which you know what now that we're saying this kind of thing is a little sad i don't i don't want it to be i don't want star trek to not have seriousness that's not what i mean at all but you know obviously maybe this the what's it called the the uh captain pike one will be the middle ground type thing right where we've got you've got this very light-hearted comedy show with lower decks and you've got some pretty heavy serious stuff i think on the far end of spectrum is picard followed closely right. by discovery um, yeah, and the the trailer they showed another little trailer after yeah. um after Lower Decks that makes me think that Discovery might go a little more swashbuckly. I don't know, maybe not. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Yeah. We uh, a couple weeks that'll be on again, which is just like I said to you when somebody in our group chat asked about it and I said, you know, CBS is is nailing it right now because they went there was a little gap between picard and this and now there's just a little gap between this and discovery and they're they're managing to spread it out um well in a way where they can right i mean that's the thing is is that that this is they were working in a obvious i mean oddly enough they're working in a world where they actually have content pre-done pre-pandemic and that they and what they have done is that because there is nothing out they have the luxury to release things in a nice, slow, steady, constant fashion. Whereas maybe if they had tons and tons of people watching things right now, right now, right now, maybe they would have been, had pressure to put everything out at once. Lower decks with discovery, with you know whatever. Hmm. Um, but but it's nice. It's nice to have this, like you said. Yeah. This, 
yeah nice and i even I, I imagine i imagine that they had discovery and and um i always want to say strange new worlds uh what's it called the lower decks no the the Picard? Pike, the oh Pike str- it is strange new worlds isn't it i don't think so maybe yep. it is yeah yeah strange new worlds i'm pretty sure anyway i'm sure that they had episodes of those live action shows um already in production when stuff got locked down and it's probably a kind of thing where like yeah they could hobble together three uh um three episodes of something but then it would be off for whoever knows how long you know six eight months and so instead they probably ramped up production on lower decks because it's animated and people can work from home and got this out and then now you know in the last who knows how long, you know, places have probably started to be able to go back into production with stuff using uh, safety measures. and Yeah, well, well the, the, the weird thing is that because of this wonderful spreading out, we they've been able to delay um, Discovery for two years. Like, think about it. it. The season two launched two years ago. It was in December of 2018, I believe, hmm. when it when okay. it when it launched yeah, and yeah. it was over like in April, March of, um, 2019. And, right. and so by the time, you know, um, cause if you remember, right, it was always doing, they were doing the short treks up until like through November, October, November, and part of December. And then they launch and we started to get, sh- you know, some short treks happening and usually we would think, when is Discovery coming back? It's the spring. It's the spring. But 2020 hit, and they just did not launch it. Um, and they, they gave us Picard, which is fine. And now then Lower Decks and things. So yeah, it's nice. It's a nice stream. I, I will miss. I will miss Lower Decks. It, it, mm-hmm. It's it's a thing that I get to go watch, back and watch over again though, because it is fun and entertaining. Um, and I look forward to Discovery, but I miss the jokes. Well, uh, what was uh, the biggest, as a big, huge Star Trek fan, what was the best part of this last one? Oh, of, of, Lower of just this. Um, boy, I I mean, the Enterprise thing was a good laugh groan. Oh, when they're uh, constantly moment. asking for the Enterprise? That was so oh, the, good. Though that was funny, too. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, the Riker Enterprise thing. Oh, the Riker um, Riker. That like was when they're constantly good. wanting the, the Enterprise to come. Oh my god! And I the, just get loud. Yeah, the um, another Enterprise. The, the bit about um, the bit about TOS was pretty good. I feel like <laughs> there was one more kind of. I always appreciate when it's something very obscure, but that I recognize. Right, that's the whole that's the whole fan service thing. Yeah, is like yeah, it's funny if you this, but everybody knows Klingons. You know, with the, they have an apostrophe in their name or. You know, a little more, a little more mainstream things. I don't remember there being anything like um, uh, the episode one or two episodes before this, when the Bajoran security officer says something about the paw wraiths. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a thing. If you didn't watch Deep Space Nine, which I also have not watched all of, but I remember that being a thing. There's sort of ghosts or or demons in the in the Bajoran religion, um, and I was like, that's a kind of a um, Kind of a deep cut. Although the uh, <laughs> the guy who comes up to her, comes up to Mariner in the corridor, and mm-hmm. they dated, they went out once, and <laughs> she says, yeah, you said Wolf 359 was an inside job. 
And I'm like, oh, that's funny. They're doing conspiracy theorist guy, but in the Star Trek universe. And he's like, <laughs> as he's walking away, he's like, uh, uh, you know, the Dominion War isn't real. Changelings are a myth. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's good. And then, of course, not everybody knows, you know, right off the cuff that Wolf 359 is the big battle with the Borg. Right. Um, and you're right. like, okay, uh, how how would that be an inside job? I don't even understand that. But it's just <laughs> it's just funny, right? Uh, right. That's very much like the 9-11 was an inside job. Type exactly, exactly. The, the uh, uh, how, how do you feel about them leaving Boimler on the uh, on the Titan? It seems like the kind of thing that, assuming they get a, a second season, and I can't imagine them not, they somehow bring him back, like, in the very first episode. Oh, I'm they're sure like, they will. They're but, like, oh, you're back. The kind of, you know, like, right, r- like mean, right away. Yeah. Didn't he get, like, a promotion and then got put on the put on the titan so he's also gonna have to get busted down somehow or something right he's to a, stay he's at lower deck junior grade right yeah i, I love it and i i love i get and love rutherford and tandy they are just amazing awesome uh, the whole time and, and they're always like a side story which is great right mm-hmm. they're, they're definitely enterprise side characters that are happening all the time right right which is fantastic and then and, you yeah know, so so in general well, if if you have even the most minor uh, exposure and interest in the Star Trek universe. If you have not gotten this from the several times we've talked about this series already, Lower Decks is great. It's hilarious. I think the more you know, the more you can appreciate. But even if you only know a little bit, it's still very funny, very silly with with moments of sincerity. And uh, I would say, putting it this way, it, it's if if you're if you're not a fan of either of these two genres, I'm going to say. Uh, animated show this year you should definitely watch is harley quinn Mm. if you don't watch harley quinn then this one's good (laughs) i i i mean i know and i know yeah depends if you're a superhero fan or you're a star trek fan clearly you're gonna you're gonna lead into one side but if you don't know either i think between those two animated shows which are both great um i don't think harley quinn requires anything to be funny where this one doesn't require it but it is enhanced dramatically by knowing things for sure. Right? For sure. Um, but, but it's still a, a good show on its own. It's funny because the characters are great. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, All man. Right. Cool, man. I think, I think we're good next. Uh, as you said, next week we are watching Alfred Hitchcock's psycho. Yeah. The 1960 one. So yep. old school. One. Yep. All right. You've been listening to the front porch. This is episode 163. Thanks as always to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Uh, if you like Star Trek role-playing or Star Trek role-playing, you can check out our other show. It is called Klingons and Dragons. We're at least a week behind because I was on vacation and did not edit before leaving. Hey, we're going we're gonna to see bad. the Klingons and Dragons guys this week, actually. Yeah, yeah. Next or later this week. I don't know. It's Sunday. Yeah. I'm Hang totally out. off my, my schedule. I, I forgot anyway, I was trying to uh, get you to run an episode of that, so maybe I'll have to maybe keep pushing you sometime. Oh yeah, we're not gonna. We're not, I mean, we won't, it's too late now to do it live, but we could, you know, in yeah. the next couple of weeks, whenever we finish your D and D thing. Yeah, all right, you, li- listeners, I'm, you hear me? I'm trying to get him to, to do more. We're, we're I'm pushing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, that show is at KlingonsDragons.com. It's not safe for work. Check it out if that sounds interesting to you. Uh, if you have questions, comments, feedback on the show, you want to tell us why we're wrong about Christian Bale's psychotic performance in american psycho yeah, uh, you can yeah. email us that address is frontporchpod at gmail.com 
or over on our website, uh, frontporchpodcast.com. Their contact forms you can fill it out. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would. I would welcome that too. If you want, you want to, you know, email the things that we need to know on that one because I'm, yeah, I'm missing it. Yeah. I'm missing it. Also, also, we're getting close to the end of our uh, uh, awkwardly named 2020 challenge. This 100 <laughs> movies bucket list poster. Uh, if you have any ideas for what kind of things we should watch and talk about going into 2021, uh, definitely yeah. let us know. Yeah. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time. <laughs>